Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club, a show where I normally tell guests a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. Today it is again just myself and I have a disappointing reason for that. I recorded an episode last week with two of my friends and it went great. Great episode, uh, great story. It's one of the top 10 Agatha Christie's and I was so excited for it only to find out that one of the guests recordings uh, did not download or work. Um, I'm using the program Zencaster and somehow it recorded both of the audios as just one guest. And so I'm trying, hopefully, to fix that problem and be able to upload that episode next week, but I just needed more time. So today I am not doing a full-length story, I'm just going to do a short story uh, and tell it just to you guys. There's going to be no guests, just me, me and a mic. And so as, as I've done in the past, if you would like to play along this episode and try and guess who did it yourself, I will give a pause near the end of the episode where you can write in to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club email, Gmail, which is TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com and let me know what you think the solution is. And uh, anyone who writes in, I will read your, your answer out on a future episode of the podcast, unless you tell me not to. So, today's story comes from the short story collection The Thirteen Problems by Agatha Christie, and so this is a Miss Marple story, and the story is number 13, Death by Drowning. So, of course, Miss Marple is in all of these stories. And uh, another one of the, the characters that comes up a lot is Sir Henry Clithering, who is the ex-commissioner of Scotland Yard, and he's seen Miss Marple do her thing a lot. He knows he knows how smart she is. He really likes her, um, the analogies she does to village life. Um, he finds, he, he really likes that about Miss Marple's personality. And he also happens to be good friends with the Bantries. So um, Colonel Bantry and Mrs. Bantry live in St. Mary Mead along with Miss Marple. And uh, Miss Marple is good friends with Mrs. Bantry. So there's kind of, that's their tie in there. So Sir Henry is staying down in St. Mary Mead with his friends, the Bantries, and he's come downstairs for breakfast to find Mrs. Bantry super upset. She's like leaving the room in a huff, and he asks Colonel Bantry what's gone on, and it sounds like there was a, a girl in town who drowned herself, and they, they say, quote-unquote, that the girl was in trouble, and what by, they mean by that is that, that she was pregnant. Uh, and in this, this period of time, pregnancy before marriage was was like was just a terrible thing to happen uh you you if you if you got someone pregnant it was like expected that you were going to get married so mrs bantry is upset she thinks it was the, the the man in this relationship's fault um and now now this girl has has committed suicide she's she's drowned herself and and just she's upset about how terrible it is and colonel bantry is his opinion is more of like takes two to tango. Like, it wasn't just this guy's fault. This this girl was just as involved. So Sir Henry, you know, thinks not not nothing of it, but, you know, this isn't his town, so he's he's not super involved. 
That isn't until later that morning he's sitting out on the terrace when he gets a message from the maid saying there's a Miss Marple in the house here to see him. And so immediately, you know, his interest is piqued. He loves talking to Miss Marple. And so he goes to, goes to see her. And she basically tells him, she's very serious about it. She says, this isn't suicide. This was murder. And she hints to the fact that she's worried that the police in town will arrest the wrong person. And so Sir Henry's like, okay, that's fine and all. Why have you come to me? Why haven't you gone directly to the police? And Miss Markle explains in, in her typical way, she doesn't have any evidence. She just knows because of human nature. She knows that it's this person because of her understanding of, of the village people and of human nature. And so Sir Henry understands because he's he's heard this from Miss Marple before. And so what they agree upon is that Miss Marple will write a name down on a piece of paper. And Sir Henry can use that information to try and see and maybe push the police in that direction. So Sir Henry does in fact agree to do this for Miss Marple. And he, he goes down to the police station and it's very easy for him to con not convince, but basically ask um, the chief constable who is uh, Colonel Milchett. And then there's also the inspector on the case, which is Inspector Druitt. And he's very easily able to convince both of them. Again, not convinced. He basically says, hey, can I help out here? And they're like, yes, of course, we'd love to have you. And I think the, the Colonel, Colonel Melchett is like, must be bored, like, you know, that he's retired, yada, yada. And Inspector Druitt is like, I oh, feel bad for him because this is, this is an open and shut case, like, wish we had something that was actually more difficult for him to work on. Um, but no matter, <laughs> uh, they, they kind of get down to it. And it's, uh, so let me explain kind of what's happened. So the, the, the woman or the girl who had supposedly committed suicide and now they think is murder, her name is Rose Emmett. And so uh, originally they had thought it was suicide because there was a, a younger boy whose name was Jimmy Brown, age 12. He had come forward to say he had heard, and this is how the, the, girl's, the girl was discovered, he had heard like a, a shriek and then a splash um, he had been in the woods, and then he had seen something white floating down the river. And so he had been the one who had to go, to go get help. And originally he hadn't seen anyone else around. And so it was assumed to be that she, she had thrown herself in uh, off. There's like a footbridge that goes across the river. And it was right after the mill or something. So the water was fairly flat, something along or moved fast, something along those lines. So they're discussing that, and then the police bring up to Sir Henry that there was a note found in the pocket. And so I think there's there's two things that are have moved him away from thinking it's suicide to thinking that it was, uh, that it was murder. And so the note in her pocket, for some reason, that they could still read the the ink on the note even after being in the river, but it said, "All right, I'll meet you at the bridge at eight thirty, R S." And R.S. are the initials of the man who apparently she had she had been uh, sleeping with. So the R.S. they believe stood for Rex Sanford. So Sanford was um, this young architect that had recently, I think, come to town. I don't know if he was necessarily, he was living there in some sense, but I don't know if he had bought a place or if he was doing work for someone. And um, young guy, nice looking, and there's talk of that he wasn't going to marry Rose because he had his own girl up in town, like not in the, the village of St. Mary Mead. And so, of course, there's a little bit of drama there about what he was going to do. 
but we have that note from him. And the other thing they have is that the doctor, um, Dr. Haydock in town, had examined the body afterwards and of course had caught that there were bruises on her arms that likely were where someone had grabbed her and shoved her into the water. And so that's what they're going off to say, this is probably murder. She died around 8.30. That's when this note said he, Rex Sanford was gonna meet her. So we're, you know, that's, that's the direction we're going. So then they get, Sir Henry is kind of, he's trying to, to, to analyze this from all angles. And so he's asking, is there any ch is there any chance that this guy Sanford is not the father? And the police basically say no chance. Uh, Rose had Rose had told her father that about basically what had happened and I think there had been some expectation that they they would get married. And and the Sanford guys has said no, so that's what's going on. And then Sir Henry asks, well, doesn't Rose have her own man from town? And the answer is yes. She'd been seeing this guy called Joe Ellis, um, and the police the police look to him a little more favorably than they look to the outsider of Sanford's. They're saying he's a good fellow. He's a, he's a, you know, he's into carpeting, carpenting, carp, carpentering, and uh, basically saying if, if, if Rose had stuck with Joe, she'd be fine. Like, that guy's willing to marry her, <laughs> which... <laughs> Um, it's not all that's important in a relationship that the person is willing to marry you. <laughs> uh, and so Sir Henry kind of convinces them that, you know, jealousy is as good a motive as any. So they shouldn't just arrest Sanford on the spot. They should probably interview at least Joe and maybe a few other people. So the police agree. They say, okay, how about this? Well, we'll see, um, we'll see Mr. Emmett first, um, Rose's father, and then we'll see Sanford, and then we can go over and see Ellis, Joe Ellis, and, and does that suit you? And Sir Henry is like, yep, sounds good to me. So they start with the father, and um, they're kind of asking him about, like, you know, how it, how it happened. He's still under the impression that it's a suicide, so he's saying he doesn't understand, like, Rose wasn't of that, her personality, he's not really sure what came over her, why she did it, and that uh, this was no reason they were going to sort it out. So, so they're asking kind of questions about exactly what she had said to him, and he's saying, yes, she did, like, in this very room, she told me, and the the police ask, well, did you threaten to turn her out of the house? And and Mr. Emmett kind of understands the point. It's like, no, no, of course, I was going to make sure this got worked out. I was going to make sure she got what she deserved. So he's he's kind of talking about getting out of Sanford, either marriage or money. And so he, he quotes, he says, uh, Sanford, he'd got to do the right thing by her. And if he didn't, by God, he'd got to pay. And so there's a little bit of an insinuation of a threat there. Um, but also, you know, this guy's daughter's just died. So it's reasonable that he could be a little upset or a lot upset. So from there, they're not looking too thought well on this guy, but again, their target's kind of still set on Rex Sanford. So they head over to his house and he's very clearly very upset. And uh, the police are kind of phrasing things to him like, we you don't have to talk, we're asking for your statement, but anything you say we can use against you in a court of law. And I don't think he's fully grasping that he, again, everyone, all the regular citizens are still under the impression that this has been suicide. So no one's looking at this under the, you know, looking at it as murder. And so he's saying that he had, he had never meant any harm. Like this is, he was, I think he's making it sound like he was going to make sure that she got paid. He wasn't going to marry her, but she was going to, he was going to make sure she got money and was taken care of. And this, you know, this was his problem and whatnot. And they're asking him for a statement and he says he hasn't said anything. He's kind of been 
going off and hasn't made it. So they ask again, are you saying you won't give a statement? And he says, oh, no, 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 I was out. I had gone for a walk. And so they go, oh, okay, you went to meet Miss Emmett. And he says, no, just by myself through the woods. Uh, you've gone a long way, been out for a, a lot of the evening. And so then they show him the note and they're like, well, what about this? And he goes, okay, you're right. I did write that note. Rose had asked to meet me. She was insisting and I didn't know what to tell her. So, so I wrote that note, but I had no intention of actually meeting her. And he says that he didn't. So then they try and clear, you know, get some kind of an alibi. They ask, did you meet anyone along your walk? And he, he says, no, he doesn't think so. And then they kind of tell him that they know that Rose Emmett was thrown in deliberately. This was murder, this was not suicide. And immediately Sanford uh, drops into a chair. He's he's clearly more upset and the police are just gonna leave him with this, like they go to leave. So, so they get outside and the police are like, oh, perfect, we're gonna get a warrant out for his arrest. And Sir, Club, Sir Henry, like a little bit still, you know, questioning things, he's like, he says he forgot his gloves and goes to go back into the house. And he asks Sanford a couple more questions. So Sir Henry wants to know what exactly had gone on between Sanford and the girl, Rose. And he, Sanford kind of says that Rose had been dead set on him. Like he, she had been making passes at him. She had been pushing a lot for this relationship. And uh, kind of saying that she wouldn't let him alone, but also saying, but she was mighty pretty. And so he was, he was interested himself. And... He gives the impression that this wasn't her first time as well. So he's, he's kind of saying, I, I don't think this girl's a saint necessarily. Um, and that she had wanted him to marry him, marry her, which he's saying wasn't going to happen because he's already got this girl back in town. And he's also realizing how he's made a royal mess of everything. And now he's, you know, he's probably going to lose the girl in town too because of what he's done, because it's surely going to get back to, back to her now that there's been a murder. Um, and he's he's saying that he understands how clear this case is against him, but they must have made a mistake. She did. She must have done it herself. He, there's no way he did this. So Sir Henry heads back out to meet the police, and he again convinces them that they should still talk to Joe Ellis before, you know, before before issuing an arrest warrant. So the police agree, and they head over to Joe Ellis's house. So Joe Ellis is staying uh, kind of like a rooming house with a Mrs. Bartlett and uh, they ask for Joe and she says, yep, he's just come home. Uh, he's just washing up. I'll show him in when he's ready. So they go into the parlor and are sitting around and while they're waiting, they kind of ask, um, they ask Mrs. Bartlett some questions of, of their own. And um, so they're asking about asking about Joe Ellis. How is he? And she says, yes, he's a great lodger. He's um, he's very good around the house. He helps her, you know, as a carpenter, he kind of helps her out with things that have gone um, uh, that aren't working properly. Then they ask about the, the girl, about Rose Emmett and, and weren't they together? And she says, yes, they were. And she she felt that it was he he kind of worshipped her and she maybe didn't feel the same way towards him she wasn't as as uh infatuated and so she, you know she had watched that happen and so then they ask okay that's good to know where did joe spend his evenings and she said normally here um sometimes he he had some work to do he'd work on that um or when he was learning bookkeeping 
And so then they ask, okay, well, what about yesterday? It was yesterday around 8 or 8.30. And she says, no, 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 of course not. He was fixing um, the kitchen dresser for me nearly all the evening. And but there, so they are going to, you know, keep pushing to this. And they're like, but can you be sure? And she was like, well, yeah, I was helping him the whole time. So they're kind of going, oh, okay, yeah, he's, the police already are convinced of Sanford's guilt guilt so they're like perfect this just really seals the case against him the only other person who we have as the suspect has a, like a rock solid alibi and then they show in joe ellis and are asking about rose and he's you know clearly disappointed and upset he had been hoping to marry her he had had his you know heart set on her and uh they ask about her quote-unquote condition like about her pregnancy and he you can there was a little anger in him and he's kind of saying that that man let her down but that he was ready to look after her he would he would do it anyways he didn't care so then they ask where he was and he gives the same answer that he'd been fi fixing the kitchen cabinet all night and as he's kind of answering these questions sir henry sir henry can't help it he's not sure if he's imagining it but he feels like joe's answers are too quick like they feel pre-planned like he's 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 gone over what he's gonna say in his head and is now kind of repeating it and he he just he feels like he's catching like glints in his eyes or like or hesitancy like he's he's not feeling right about joe's answer so sir henry feels like he's got a question miss bartlett like one more time and try and see if he can get anything out of her about joe so he heads into the room and and is uh it starts talking and then goes oh i have help i haven't woken the the the, the baby and miss spartlett says oh no there's there's a pram in the room or like a stroller and she says oh no um uh, i just use it for doing the laundry when i take the take the laundry on um to, to bring it around so he says sir henry says mrs bartlett you knew rose emmett tell me what you really thought of her because again they're trying to get this impression of of the of the girl as well as the the men her company as well and mrs bartlett kind of says flat out like she was a bad lot like i i don't think she was good for joe like i joe's such a great guy um he needed a proper proper girl and this girl like she wasn't interested she she liked to drag him along and kind of um lead him on but she she wasn't really interested she just liked the attention so the police are even more convinced now than ever that it's it's sanford and so they're, they're saying as much and um sir henry again convinces them that they should really talk to he would really like to talk to jimmy brown and so they go to kind of question him and uh he he kind of he repeats what he had said before about hearing hearing the scream and and uh the splash and seeing the the white cloth kind of float down the river and so they question him again about like had he seen anyone uh and there's also some questions here because it was very foggy and so there's there's some questions about could he really see someone so he does say that he had seen um mr sanford he was walking in the woods so so seen him somewhere in the vicinity of this footpath um and he says that it was about 10 minutes before he had seen the cry or sorry before he had heard the cry and heard the splash and that's on the, I think, the opposite side of the river from the village. They asked, did you see anyone on the village side? And he says that he thinks he saw a man coming along the footpath on that side, uh, going slow and whistling, and he thinks it was Joe Ellis. And so this is where they go in, and they're like, you were on the other side of the river. How could you possibly know that it was Joe Ellis? 
and he says, well, Joe Ellis only knew how to whistle one song, I want her be happy. <laughs> I want to be happy. And that's what this person was whistling. So he's pretty convinced that it's Joe just based on, based on knowing, knowing the village people. Uh, and I think the police are, the police are kind of saying, well, this kind of is impossible. Like it, that, that it could only be one way. Like he was, he was at home fixing this kitchen thing all night. So the, the next thing they ask is, okay, so that was, you know, 10 minutes before or whatever, when you heard the splash and you ran to go get help, when you crossed the footpath and went into the village, did you see anyone? And he says that he's pretty sure he saw two men with a wheelbarrow on the, on the river path. Um, they were pretty far away though, so he couldn't exactly tell, um, who they were and he couldn't tell if they were coming or going so that he wasn't sure if they were the closest people. So that's why he had gone to like the closest help, closest house to get help. And so they kind of congratulate him and say that he had done the right thing, he'd done a good job, and they send him on their way. So then Sir Henry takes out that slip of paper that Miss Marple had given him at the beginning, and he kind of is saying that this this seems impossible, like he's not sure how this is supposed to work out. And so he kind of has to let the police do their thing, but he's decided that he's going to go see Miss Marple and basically tell her he's sorry, but she, she must be wrong because this is impossible. So at this point, I'm going to pause. If you are trying to figure out the mystery yourself, if you're playing along at home, this is the point where you should think through all the facts, think through the different characters and see if you can come up with who, who, did, who murdered this girl, Rose, and why. Key, key piece of information there. So pause, pause. I'll take this opportunity to say if you uh, if you like the show and you want to hear more of it, you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is episode 47, so a lot of back, cat back catalog to go through. If you want podcast updates, you can follow the show on Instagram, Tuesday Night Mystery Club on Instagram, and that, uh, that will update you every time a new episode comes out. Uh, and just give fun mystery content. If you want to support the show further than that, you can go on over to patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club and support Dead, whether whatever level you want, monthly or just a one-time uh, kind of deal. Uh, one thing that I think is a great benefit on Patreon is I post character lists. So this is a short story, not too many characters. You don't have to remember too many names. But for some of the longer stories where there's lots of people, um, Maybe you want to know the spelling, you want to have a little bit of insight about their personality uh, and have it formatted prettily. <laughs> you can head on over to Patreon and that's just at the dollar a month tier to get a character list um, every week with the episode. Well, there's lots of other perks, but that is one I definitely would highly recommend. So without further ado, we'd like to find out what has happened to Rose. So, um, he... Sir Henry has gone to Miss Marple and he's kind of shown her, like, we're up against this, like, heavy alibi. We're up against this unbreakable alibi. Like, Joe Ellis was fixing the kitchen cabinet and Mrs. Bartlett was watching. Like, there's no way he was out and could have committed this murder. And Miss Marple points out, well, it was Friday night, right? And he goes, yes, Friday night. And she says, well, on Friday evenings, Mrs. Bartlett takes the laundry she has done round to the different houses, to the different people. And so Sir Henry leans back in his chair and he remembers his, the story that, that the boy Jimmy had told about the whistling man. And so th this could fit in. If Miss Bartlett was out, Joe Ellis could surely be out as well. And so he says... 
okay, I think I see my way. I think I can, I think I can try. I think I can, you know, I think I can get this murderer to confess. So he heads over to, to Joe Ellis and he says, uh, Ellis, you lied to us about last night. Like you lied to us about Friday night. You weren't in the kitchen fixing the cabinets. You were out by the river. You were seen walking along the path by the river a few minutes before Rose Emmett was murdered. And so he gasps and, um, he basically says, I, what do you mean? Like, she wasn't murdered. Like, she threw herself in. What are you talking about? And he's, he's very upset. He says, I would never have harmed her at all. Like, never, never, never. And so he says, well, why did you, why did you lie to us? And Joe says, well, I was scared. Um, Mrs. B had seen me that I was there. And when we heard just afterwards what had happened, that there, that, that she had thrown herself into the water, Mrs. B had fixed it up to say, okay, well, let's make you an alibi so that you're, you're safe and we don't have to worry. And he kind of says, Mrs. B, Mrs. Bartlett had always been good to him. So then Sir Henry heads into the kitchen to see Mrs. Bartlett. She's, she's doing the washing up and he says, I know everything. I think you'd better confess. That is, unless you want Joe Ellis hanged for something he didn't do. So he kind of, he, he outlines for her what he thinks happened. And he says, I think you, you know, Joe Ellis started rooming with you rooming in your house and I think you fell in love with him and you wanted him for yourself and you saw that he was infatuated or in love with this girl Rose and that she was she was no good she was a bad influence she was no good for him you couldn't understand why he would like her and not you and so when she was going to when he was willing to stand by her when she's pregnant and take on like still marry her and take on raising this child you couldn't have it anymore you wanted him all to yourself and so you on your laundry route you went down you met rose emmett on the footpath on the footbridge across the river and you threw her in you're a strong woman and then you continued on your way with the laundry you were seen with your pram that you use for laundry this the boy had mistook it for a wheelbarrow but we know what it was. And you had seen Joe Ellis and you used him, saying, telling him you were creating an alibi for him when in reality you were creating an alibi for yourself. And and she she admits it. She she says that's exactly what had happened and that she's she's ready to come with him and that she'd never, never thought anyone would find out. And Sir Henry says, it wasn't I who knew. It wasn't me. And he looks down at the piece of paper with Miss Marple's old-fashioned handwriting that says... Mrs. Bartlett, with whom Joe Ellis lodges at Two Mill Cottages. Miss Marple had been right again. And that is the end of the story, The Death, Death by Drowning, um, a Miss Marple story by Agatha Christie. Uh, if you would like to hear more of these stories, I have more Miss Marple's, Miss Marple stories uh, in the, in the podcast bank you can go listen to. I think there are more from this book specifically. Um, and there will be more in the future. So if you if you enjoyed this episode, uh, if you enjoy mystery stories, not just Agatha Christie, then please follow the podcast, um, subscribe, like, comment, uh, whatever whatever your podcast app allows you to do. That would be greatly appreciated. I love seeing that. If you have uh, comments, you can email the show to staynightmysteryclub at gmail.com. Again, follow on Instagram, support on Patreon. And I'd like to thank our current patrons who are at the Inspector Gamash level, Shelley Tsao. At the Miss Jane Marple level, we have Barb McLean, Debbie Kravis, Michael Brello, Emily Shilton, Alex Young-Davies, and Sarah Outhwaite. So thank you all so much for your support. And um, that is all. So goodbye, everybody.